and welcome to the Anton Prophecy Watch broadcast. I'm your host, Gerald Washington, the Shofar Sound, sounding off the Shofar, call the saints out of Babylon for that great day of the Lord, which he will bring judgment and destruction upon the ungodly, and also calling those that who have not repented to repent of their sins and to turn to Yeshua HaMashiach as their Lord and Savior before that great day of wrath. Now, those of you who have been listening to our show or have been following our show, um, we've taken kind of like a sabbatical since the month of June, so the last three months. We haven't really broadcast anything. It's in the process of our, just completed the process of making um, some career transitioning things to kind of put myself and my family in a much more better position and all, and also allow me to do more stuff for the kingdom of God and the further advancement of the kingdom of God. Now, today's show, we're going to go ahead and we're going to tackle the spirit of Leviathan and the Kundalini spirit. And I'm going to quickly go over to Job chapter 41 verse 34 and pretty much Job chapter 41 talks about Leviathan that beast or that sea serpent or that dragon Leviathan you even notice within the book of Job first couple of chapters you hear the mention of Satan and all of a sudden you hear no mere mentioning of Satan anymore after the fact. It's more Job um, is the central figure, and we know that Satan came to try to um, attack him, to have him to renounce the Lord, which he didn't. But Job 41, the whole entire chapter, if you ever have an opportunity, there's a lot of rich things in there that Job presents. But I'm going to read 41, verse 34. Job, chapter 41, verse 34. And it states this. He beholdeth all high things. This is Leviathan. He is a king over all, not some, all the children of pride. So I'm going to read that scripture again. He beholdeth all high things. He is a king over all the children of Pride. We'll quickly go over to Isaiah chapter 27. Isaiah chapter 27, verse 1, and it states this. In that day, the Lord with his sword, and great and strong sword, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, the crooked serpent, he shall slay the dragon that's in the sea. So we see that Leviathan in Job 41, verse 34, it states that he beholdeth all high things, and he's the king not over some, but all the children of pride. It personifies the spirit of of Satan, um, Lucifer's 
primarily his sin was that of pride. He wanted to exalt himself and be like the Most High. So when he got lifted up within himself, became very prideful, which he ended up losing out and ultimately will lose out and wind up in the lake of fire. But we can see as a prime example when I'm thinking about that, he is the children of, he is the king of the children of pride. One of the things I can look to biblical examples is when Moses was delivering the children of Israel out of Egypt and Pharaoh's mentality, his character, his heart was hardened. He was a very prideful man because he was under the influence of the spirit of Leviathan. Now, even when we look at the, that particular time, ancient Egypt, the nation's symbol was that of a serpent. So we can see the similarities that Pharaoh was type and shadow of Antichrist. You know, the Egyptians also believed that Pharaoh was both um, divine and both human, that Pharaoh represented God on earth, and all which we know going back to the book of Genesis, chapter 3, Satan, one of the lies that he told Adam and Eve, you should be like God, just carried on through the centuries and even the uh, mystery Babylonian religions and all promote this type of thinking and all that, you know, man can become God. But we see Pharaoh wants to keep the children of God captive. He wants to keep them in bondage and all. And we see that Moses, being a type and shadow of a Messiah, comes down, delivers the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, out of slavery, um, prototype of being in the world and being in sin, and takes them out. But we see that Pharaoh's like almost like a kamikaze pilot um, comes to himself and he sees like, hey, wait a minute, our workforce, our whole our workforce has gone, our whole economic system is going to crash because we've been having this cheap labor, building all these different things in Egypt, building up Egypt. We've been taking advantage of these people and all, and then for a restitution. We gave him all these treasures and all, and he had an epiphany. He's like, wait a minute, let's go back and bring them back into captivity. And that's what Satan's always doing when um, you're a child of God. You you exit out of the world. You get saved. You get sanctified. You're living for the Lord, and he wants to bring you back captive, back into the world, back into that system and also Pharaoh he begins to pursue after the children of Israel. I just want to make this point and then I'm gonna move on. But if we look at Psalm seventy four and verse thirteen and fourteen, it says, Thou didst divide the seed, talking about the Lord, by thy strength, thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be meant 
to the people inhabiting the wilderness. So he divided the waters, which is talking about the Red Sea, the Lord, God, Yah. He divided the waters, and he breaks the head of the dragons in the waters, and he breaks the heads of Leviathan in pieces. So we see that Pharaoh was definitely being influenced by the spirit of Leviathan, got lifted up in pride, decided like, wait a minute, just couldn't just leave well enough alone, and pride comes before destruction, end up bringing destruction upon himself, and his whole entire military were wiped out in the Red Sea. So it personifies the spirit of Satan, and also, too, just a note why we look at the examples of the power encounters between Aaron and Moses and their battle is a spiritual battle going on between them and the Egyptians. They spoiled each and every principality. You see every different plague that happened or occurred by the hand of God. We show that all the different demonic spiritual principalities that quote-unquote were over and ruling in Egypt were spoiled, the last one being Leviathan when they, Pharaoh and his army tried to pursue the nation of Israel in the Red Sea. Principality of Leviathan was spoiled. Now, when we take a look at Leviathan, Leviathan is an actual he's a sea serpent, he's a dragon, he's a coiling serpent. And we can look, it's almost correlation to the book of Revelation, chapter 13, which we'll get into a little bit later, um, talks about the beast arising out of the sea, having seven heads, and all these other things has very significant similarities to Leviathan. Now, we said that Leviathan is a coiling serpent. Find it very interesting because we're talking about spirit of Leviathan and the Kudalini spirit. Now, we look at Kudalini, we can look at the word Kudala, which means coiled, and Kudalini means she who is coiled. Now, the power comes from the goddess Deva or Kudalini, and in her actual form. She's actually a coiled sleeping spirit that rests in the lowest bodily center part, which is the spine. So the Kudalini spirit is a fiery serpent that rests in the spinal column of the quote-unquote body. And most people, Eastern religions and occult beliefs, you know, travels up to seven different chakras and has an awakening, the crown of the head, which opens up the spiritual eye, the third eye, which opens up all these different hidden powers, occult powers, which is demonic. Now, these different things, the spirit of Leviathan, if we're seeing it's more prevalent, especially in the last days, we see that People are really exhibiting 
the spirit of pride. Um, never seen so many people so prideful in their sins, um, so much prideful in being um, unrighteous and doing unrighteous things and all, and just have so much contempt and hate for the people of God and the word of God. Now, the Viathan and Kulini spirit, primarily it is a spirit of Antichrist. Now, if we look at the Greek word for Antichrist, it's anti-Christos or anti-Christos, Christos, which means opponent of Messiah, or even if we look at the word anti, anti, the Greek word, or anti, it means opposite, contrast, or substitution. So it's opponent of the Messiah, but also, too, it's a substitution, spirit of Antichrist, it's actually a substitution or opposite or contrast. So you see a lot of people that are operating under being, especially even you see people operating in ministry, they're operating under pride and all, they're operating under the spirit of Leviathan, they're exhibiting the same characteristics of Satan himself because they're prideful, they're boastful, um, they're very puffed up, they puff themselves up, they surround themselves with other people that are like their their groupies, their cheerleaders that give them rah-rah talk and really pump them up and really worship them, and they don't point the people that follow them to the Lord. They take all the honor and glory for themselves and all, and... They become an opponent of the Messiah. They become the opposite. And that's what eventually what Antichrist will do. He will not only be an opponent of the Messiah, but he'll be a substitute. And also he'll be the opposite. And then even when we look at the spirit of Kudalini or the Kudalini spirit, it is the opposite or substitution of the Holy Spirit. It mimics certain things of the Holy Spirit, but its origins and roots are demonic so you have to be careful you have to discern um, Christians are so quick to see when they see certain manifestations or spiritual experiences and all instead of judging it by the word of God take it for face value because the actual experience and not trying to make sure to really search the scriptures and be your own personal brand of making sure that the stuff lines up with the word of God. Now, when we go over to 1 John 2 and 18, it talks about the spirit of Antichrist was already at work back even in John's day. And we are almost there. And it reads, little children, it is the last time, as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that is the last time. So 
we can see that there's many antichrists. Spirit of Antichrist is already at work. And I'm going to look at verse 22. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 22. It says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus Christ is Christ? He's antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. So that's another aspect. Antichrist, it's a person who denies that Jesus even came, that Jesus came in the flesh, that God was manifested in the flesh. So we see that also, it's very interesting, similarly, that Kundalini is a coiled spirit that's coiled in the spine, and then also, too, that Leviathan is the coiled serpent. So Kundalini spirit coiled serpent that rests in the spine, and Leviathan is a crooked coiled um, serpent. Now, I want to take a look at Leviathan in regards to the occult. I found some very interesting things, even within the scriptures, in regards to Leviathan and his occult affiliations. And even the Word of God shares light. And even the book of Job, again, Job has some very rich things, um, some very significant spiritual insights. Now look at Job chapter 3, verse 8. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible version, and then I'll read from the Common English Bible version. And it states this about Leviathan. Let those curse who curse the day, who skilled in rousing Leviathan. Okay, I'm going to read, that's from the Amplified version of the Bible. Now I'm reading again Job chapter 3 verse 8 from the Common English Bible. It says this, May those who curse the day curse it, those with enough Skill to awaken Leviathan. What Job is talking about is how the sorcerers use the spirit of Leviathan to awaken, to to do their bidding, to do their actual craft. So what they're rousing up is Leviathan. So it's very important. So Leviathan very important with the sorcerers to awaken that spirit. And also, too, we look at, again, Kudalini spirit, how people awaken that, different things through meditation, through yoga, to achieve that knowledge and to achieve spiritual exploits when that third eye is actually activated, which is in the middle of the head, middle of the head, the forehead, the pineal gland, and all where most occult people believe that occult powers arise out from that. This is other interesting things that occultists have to say about Leviathan. Several things they have to say. Occultists know Leviathan as a crooked serpent, the coiling dragon of the abyss. So I'm going to stop right there. So we see that
spirit arise in the book of Revelation, spirit arising out of the abyss, different things, demonic spirits. Um, we see demonic spirits are very active, in, especially in these last days, and will become even more active and more prevalent in these last and evil days like never before. Magoan says this about cultists also believe, again, Leviathan's a crooked serpent. He's a coiling dragon of the abyss. He's a god of the jagged spine who plumbs the depths of the soul. Very interesting making the connection. The Kudalini spirit says that he is the god of the jagged spine who plumbs the depths of the soul. Leviathan is a source of phenomenal power within something to be feared by those who are the practitioners and who they might target. Now, I found this um, on AlenePastanato.com, the actual website where I found this actual information, which I'm actually quoting. Occultists would evoke the spirit of Leviathan or summons the spirit of Leviathan. So occultists, they try to evoke or invoke, have invocation, the spirit of Leviathan, the summons, this demonic spirit. And also, too, interesting to know, Church of Satan, the symbol, the Baphomet symbol that they have, the writing outside of it is in Hebrew, which the words is Leviathan. So we see the different uh, connections, and we see how it says to reiterate in Job chapter 3, verse 8, let those curse who curse the day who are skilled in rousing or awakening Leviathan. All right, so we see kind of like the connection, Leviathan and the Kudalini spirit, and we know that when people are operating under the Holy Spirit, they're bringing the Lord Jesus Christ honor and glory. And when you're operating actually under the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be speaking of yourself. You're not going to be boasting and elevating yourself because even like Jesus, Jesus told those Jews, says, I come in my Father's name, but it'll be another, which is Antichrist, will come in his own name, and you'll receive him. So we come in the name of the Lord. We don't come in our own name. I don't come in Shofar Sound, Gerald Washington's name, and I come in the name of the Lord. So even ministers, young ministers, seasoned ministers, you don't come in your own name. You don't try to build your own name, your own following. You try to bring honor and glory to the Lord. You try to to advance the kingdom of God and not your own kingdom and and building up your own kingdom because all that's going to be brought down to nothing, brought down to destruction. So you have to be aware of when the Lord begins to use you in a mighty way, don't give room for the devil to take hold and he 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 watches, you know, you're doing things in ministry and you become 
uh, prideful and lift it up, then you give them you give them access to you, and he grabs a hoe, he wraps himself around your mind, and you begin to think that you're all that in a bag of chips and all. You continue to go up. Warning, you're looking for a great fall, and you know you should be aware of that. Now, we look because we talked about. I want to talk a little bit more about the Kudalini spirit, which it does. It mimics a lot of the things of the Holy Spirit, and we're starting to see that manifested in Christian churches. That what we're saying is. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's the Kundalini Spirit. It's 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 seducing spirits. All right. Kundalini Spirit anointing. Um, to look at from this point of view, comes pretty much from Hinduism and all forms of Eastern religions. It's a person that can receive. The awakening of the Kundalini spirit or the fiery coiled serpent by either yoga or meditation or through, okay, listen to this, or through the laying of hands, which is called the Shakta Pat, Shakta Pat, which you can receive the Kundalini anointing, the Shakta Pat, which is called the laying of hands. So, um, you see certain instances, people get hands laid on them, do all this herky-jerky type stuff, and start manifesting something that's not lining up with the Word of God. You know, um, to look at Acts chapter 13, um, those prophets and teachers there at Antioch, they laid hands on Saul and Barnabas. Um, doesn't state nowhere in Scripture that, Paul and Barnabas started to growl like a lion and bark like a dog and jerking and doing all this different stuff. They laid hands on them and they began to go out and do the ministry, the apostolic ministry, and to further the kingdom of God. So that's why even as ministers, you have to make sure stuff lines up with the word of God, even the book of Mark. It says that they went out, they preached the word, and the signs follow that confirming the word, confirming the word. So if the experience, again, to reiterate, doesn't confirm or doesn't line up with the word of God, then it's not of God. Um, Book of James talks about devilish wisdom, central wisdom devilish wisdom. So you got to be kind of careful. People preach these crafty messages and all, um, twist up and all, and it's devilish and it's demonic. Now, we can look at some of these different manifestations, these Kundalini spirit manifestations. Um, some of the things is drunken feeling, are drunk in the spirit, which isn't biblical, where the God says to be sober-minded. And also, too, Scripture says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
doesn't say that the Holy Ghost, that you're drunk. The Holy Ghost makes you drunk. You know, some people take out of context, even Acts chapter 2, when it talks about when people receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that people first thought that they were drunk when they heard them speaking in other tongues. They weren't drunk. They were perfectly in sound mind. Scripture doesn't talk about, about, it always talks about being sober, not being drunk. So this drunken anointing or this drunken spirit, a drunken spirit, it is unbiblical and it's heretical teaching, but it comes from the Kundalini spirit, which makes one feel like they're actually drunk. Unnatural laughter, where you you people made it popular. Um, I believe it was Rodney Brown, um, the evangelist from South Africa, who quote unquote started the Toronto blessing, brought over this new anointing, um, the laughter anointing. Nowhere where we see in actual scriptures from the early church that they endorse such foolishness, and this isn't biblically based, and it's not biblically centered, roaring, barking, hissing, crying, shaking. All these are manifestations of the Kundalini spirit, imitating a variety of animal movements, you know, down on the ground, swerving like a snake, all these other stuff. This is not the word of God. It's a direct case of demonic manifestations of this coiling, fiery spirit, this kudalini spirit. Also, people, another manifestations of this kudalini spirit, people are infused with feelings of joy, peace, love with the spirit, and then also some are open up to clairvoyant abilities, which mimic prophetic different gifts. So, see the Kundalini spirit, it has some of the, it's a false Holy Spirit that manifests some of the things of the Holy Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit, and it draws more attention to the individual that is ministering See, that's why you have to be careful again, people. To, even Jesus said in Matthew 24 that many false prophets shall arise, deceiving many. A lot of these people that we quote-unquote label as prophets are operating in a clairvoyant spirit, the under a kudalini spirit where they fascinate you by calling out your bank account number, check numbers, your name, um, your mama's name, your grandmama's name, all these different things, and you're overtaking by a, some, a, a lot of this stuff is lying signs and wonders, and then the individual is all puffed up, you hear about themselves, you hear about the material things that they own, and you can be rich, and you're going to be a millionaire. Um, true prophetic ministry is going to call people back to God. It's going to also help.
edify, equip the saints that the saints are no longer tossed to and fro from every wind of doctrine. They bring in weird doctrine where saints are continually tossed to and fro because they're bringing every wind of doctrine and it's not sound doctrine and we call this stuff prophetic and it's not prophetic. It's Kundalini spirit that's operating under clairvoyance. And also, too, the other thing about healing, we we have to be careful. We have to judge everything that we see. We have to judge it by the word of God. And also, too, we have to have, we have the Holy Spirit, which one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the discerning of spirits, whether it's good or whether it's bad. You have to actually discern is this is of God, and again, can't be so quick to take a spiritual experience. You have to always make sure it lines up with the word of God. But even again, to reiterate with healing, Kudalini, Reka, Araki, healing is by using the Kudalini energy to heal. Kudalini awakens the Rocky. So, Dr. Oz, he talks about, very popular, one of Oprah's people, Oprah Winfrey's people. You know, I'm not going to go into that because, you know, she was at Megafest and, you know, people wanted to talk about, oh, you know, Oprah cried and she saved and, you know, uh, God bless Doc, um, Dr. Bishop Jakes for having her and all this, but um, till we actually... The jury is still out till Oprah comes out and renounces all the New Age stuff she's really pushed upon people and saying that Jesus is um, not the only way. Um, till we hear those actual words from her mouth, she can do a show. She can do an hour, two-hour show. She, frankly, she owns her own network. She can do stuff, some of the damages that she's done, um, promoting Eckhart Tolle's books and um um, Course of Miracles and all these different things, The Secret, all these different New Age teachings that this woman has promoted, and uh, that's a problem. But Dr. Oz follows this kind of stuff, and it's a false spirit of healing. It's demonic in origins. I mean, it looks like it's good, but it's not good. It's from the demonic realm. Now, the awakening of the divine within, when we look at the kundalini spirit, many people are using meditation or yoga to awaken the dormant spirit that is coiled to the spine. When the kundalini spirit is awakened, once it reaches the crown of the head, the opening, it, it actually opens up the third eye. And once achieved, the fiery serpent fully activates all the chakras, and it destroys the limitations on all levels of a person's being, and finally transforms him or her into a god or goddess. Now, even false prophet Bernard Jordan done a story about that. You can check it out on our blog site, End Time Prophecy Watch, blog, 
at endtimeshofar.blogspot.com. Very interesting, very in-depth article in regards to that. But he incorporates different teachings about um, seven chakras and and going through the different things, the different levels of activating the chakras. And this man, Ibn R. Jordan, the master prophet, has even said that, you know, that he's God. I am God. And he, he, he's quoted that. That's in some of his writings. Um, and it's very well documented. Same thing. He's promoting spirit of Kudalini. And same thing. People are fascinated by this man because um, he, can know, he knows your name. He knows bank account numbers and all these different things. I uh, think about it is practices a little bit of astrology, want to know your birthday, all these different things. He incorporates these occult practices, kundalini in nature. And then when we look at that, when it talks about when your full are finally transformed, a person's fully transformed with this great awakening of this kundalini spirit, they believe that they can become a god or a goddess that's from Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. What did the serpent again tell Adam and Eve? Um, God doesn't want you to eat from the tree of knowledge because he knows the day that you eat that you'll become as a god or a goddess. So the same lie, Satan changes the packages and all, but it's the same thing, same game plan, same end game. Same two lies, be a God, not be judged, and you won't die. You won't you won't you won't ever die. Same thing and also it is believed that a person once they have this great Kundalini awakening, not only that they're a god or a goddess, that the that the actual person becomes a serpent of wisdom. Now even when we look at some of the Gnostic belief systems, um, Gnostics believe pretty much in a nutshell that, and even Luciferians believe that, and even Mormons, so keep on um, different names, the Holy Spirit begins to bring to my remembrance. All of them believe that the serpent in the garden was a great liberator of Adam and Eve, they felt like that Yah or Yahweh was this great oppressor, oppressing them, keeping them from um, obtaining this godlike state and all, and that um, the serpent came to actually liberate mankind, but actually came to enslave mankind because straight alive from the pit because man was created in the image and likeness of God, and then he already had, Adam already had stewardship over the earth in the first place, so again, that spirit of Leviathan, quite themselves, got Adam and Eve for thinking, pride of life, got caught up in pride, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and ate for the tree, because they wanted to be God, they weren't satisfied just being created in the image and likeness of God, having stewardship over the whole entire earth, having dominion, already had dominion over the whole entire earth and all, and they could have just rest 
chill, um, had dominion, have fellowship with the Lord when the Lord came down. Um, Yah came down in the cool of the day to fellowship with them. No problems, no sin problems and all. But, again, trust me, it's very subtle. It says that the serpent is subtle. And trust me, people, Satan comes in very subtle ways. And we can kind of see that in Christian churches, they're starting to gravitate, or gravitate, excuse me, gravitate to spirit of Leviathan and Kudalini. Uh, some folks in charismatic churches and circles and the emerging church, they're using contemplative prayer or centering prayer and yoga to have these mystical experiences to 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 actually uh, unleash all these chakras to have open up that kundalini spirit we're living in the last days even if you look and want to i don't want to too much um go much it can be another show but even if you look at the mark of the beast is placed actually on the forehead of the individual that will worship the beast will either take a mark on the forehead or in the right hand. Um, to kind of study this a little bit, like I said, can do it for another show, but the right hand in the occult circles is for submission, and even within the forehead is the third eye or within the pineal gland, which opens up yourself to these occult powers so people will swear their allegiance to Antichrist and the dragon and they'll take either the mark in the forehead or in the right hand submission and it will open them up also to to these not only for money in the economic system but it'll open up their mind to the demonic and these different occult powers and we see this culminating with all these shows and the amount of sorcery. Book of Revelations talks about that there will be an explosion of sorcery in the last days. And even, I believe, it's Revelations 18 and 23. It talks about how the nations were deceived by what? By sorcery. It's always been Satan's end game plan when God wants to do something great is to arise occult powers to come and oppose the people of God. Amen? Well, who is Leviathan? Who is actually Leviathan? Now, we actually said, predetermined that it is, in essence, it is Satan. Spirit of, actually, Satan, Leviathan, is Satan that great old dragon. I'm going to turn to that. It wasn't in the notes that I have, but I'm going to go to Revelations chapter 12. While I'm on that point, who is Leviathan? Revelations chapter 12. And I'm going to look at verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast 
out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, Revelation 12 and 9, the great dragon is actually, he's an old serpent, he's the devil, and Satan. So, see that Leviathan is a coiled serpent, he's a dragon, and also, too, um, one of the descriptions of the Leviathan in ancient writings, he has seven heads. All right, I'm going to go over to Revelation chapter 13. Look at verse 1, because it gives a description, ancient writings. The depiction of Leviathan is having seven heads. And then we already read Psalms 74, verse 13 and 14. We talked about how Pharaoh was under the influence of Leviathan, how the Lord opened up the Red Sea and broke the heads, crushed the heads of Leviathan and spread them all out into the sea. Revelations 13, we're going to look at verses 1 and verses 4. It says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his head the name blasphemy. Verse 4. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, unto the Antichrist. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with them? So the power behind, the central power behind the rise of Antichrist will be the hand of Satan, the dragon. This is, we looked at. Revelation 12 9, that old serpent, the great dragon, is actually that old serpent that we see. It was very subtle. Book of Genesis, chapter 3. Now, it's much more bold. It's gender is much more aggressive. Um, it's not just a serpent. He's a dragon now and speaks with great authority. And he's given the son of perdition the actual power because Satan is the God little g of this earth and it only has a time and season but he's empowering again the son of perdition the antichrist this is the spirit that is at work and you see that they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast um one of the things a couple of months ago very interesting um we did a we actually did an article on our blog, um, and it was in regards to abortion. They're in the state of Texas. They're at the Capitol. They're in Austin, Texas. They're a group of pro-life. Um, it was a pro-life group up there because um, Texas legislators were in the process of um, putting in, I guess, this initiative that you know, women couldn't have an abortion after 20 weeks. Well, while the pro-life people are having peaceful um, get-together and all, singing songs, 
no, unto the Lord, they're met with the pro-choice people chanting, hell, Satan, being disruptive, um, just acting unruly, being very prideful, exhibiting the spirit of Leviathan, very just prideful, um, you know, just, just, just very unruly, very arrogant, and just have no regards for the things of God. But Leviathan, again, is the king of the children, all the children of pride. Um, let's look at Isaiah chapter 14, verse 14, because, again, that's Satan. And one of the first things, her sins, that of pride. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 14. And I have it. He says, And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. That's pride. I'm going to ascend. I, 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 I. All this stuff, I. I will, I will, I will. I, I. I'm going to ascend in the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. So, again, Satan represents vanity, which is the spirit of Leviathan. Satan and Leviathan, it represents vanity, conceit, very much big egos, haughtiness, stubbornness, and arrogance. So we see these manifestations are... You see these characteristics exhibit in the children of pride. Prime example, you see the homosexual community. They exhibit their sin in a very prideful way. They have gay pride parades. They parade themselves out. You don't have heterosexual parades. If that's what you want to do, that's on you. You know, you wait. I'm going to go by the word of God. You need to, like, repent. You don't want to receive God's word. You have that choice. But when you have to see Jesus in judgment, not as your Savior, that's on you. But you promote your sin in a prideful way. You do all these ungodly things, and you parade the sin in front of a whole community of people, and you enforce that. That's being a child of Leviathan. You're, he's the king. He's your king. He's your ruler because it's based on pride. You, again, you see people who are pro, these pro-choice groups, very arrogant, very smug. Oh, a woman has a right to her own body, you know, and they try to make it seem like that the embryo is not really a life. Word of God says, believe Leviticus 17 and 11, life is in the blood. So the embryo has blood, so there's life. So therefore, there's life, but they'll create their signs. You know, I'm pro-abortion and, and all these different things, very arrogant. Entertainment industry, prime example, under the spirit of Leviathan, my spirit was vexed. I just discovered over this weekend two movies mocking the second coming 
of Jesus Christ, mocking the book of Revelations. One of them is called uh, Rapture Palooza, which it has the actor Craig Robinson from The Office. And he's an antichrist and, you know, just crazy foolishness and all. And from the trailer, they have Jesus riding on a white horse. And one of the guys that's a hero in the movie shoots Jesus down off the white horse. And they have an Asian guy playing God. says, oh, you shot down, you, you, you toasted my son. That stuff is just straight out blasphemous. And it's the spirit of Leviathan. It's mockery. The scoffers. Um, it's 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 just really irritated me and really again vexed my spirit. But it's the day that we're living in. We see that the spirit of Leviathan's really rising up, and especially in Hollywood, the entertainment industry. And again, another movie is. With Seth Rogen, this is the end with him and James Franco. Um, is making mockery again the Book of Revelations and the Second Coming of Jesus Christ and the Rapture and all. So you see the children of pride, and I'm gonna go to Second Timothy chapter three, verse one through five. Because, I mean, people nowadays have no shame whatsoever. People have no respect for the church. Um, just a couple of months ago, I believe X Ministry, they did an article on how this pastor there in Detroit was doing a great work helping the community and all. Just went next door and told his neighbors was having a loud party, had the music all loud. Told him, hey, can you turn the music down? Shot the man dead. Now, that's just prideful in the spirit of Leviathan, just thinking, well, you can't tell me what to do. It's my music. It's my party. We're getting our groove on. Well, you know, we're doing this, that, and other. And you shoot down, you kill a man of God. So, I'm at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. It says, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. So we're definitely living in perilous times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now that's, that's rooted in the problem. You're lovers of your own self. Self-love. Lovers of themselves. That's rooted in the spirit of Leviathan. Children of pride. All right? Covetous. Boasters, again, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truth breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. So we're seeing that people are operate bolsters, lovers of themselves, blasphemers, and proud. All these characteristics that I read in Second Timothy 
chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, exhibit the spirit of Leviathan and having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. And then also, too, you see people in ministry are not operating. I'm going to say, oh, you see some of the people in ministry start to become popular, and I'm not saying all, so I'm not generalizing it. Don't say, oh, so far, Sam, he's generalizing all everybody that's doing that's popular in ministry. Everybody's doing a great work in ministry that, you know, they're proud and puff up. I'm not saying that, but on the most part, what you're seeing is they're under the influence of the spirit of Leviathan because they're very prideful. They talk more about themselves. They do these reality shows um, promoting themselves. They're not promoting the gospel. They're not promoting Jesus Christ. Jesus says, fox have holes, birds have nests. Son of man don't even have any place to lay his head. Jesus came to serve. He didn't come to be served. People in ministry, when you have that mentality that Everybody is your subjects, and you're like this great ruler, a ruleress. I know that's not an actual English word, and you're ruling, and people are at your beckoning call. That's the wrong spirit, and you take pride in that, and you run around with these big entourages and bodyguards and all these other things. Where's being humble? Where's being meek? Um, Bible says. He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So the more humble and meek you are, the more anointing that God gives to you, the more that he can entrust in you. But you get more and more of a big following. You get more and more lifted up. You hear more people. Here's the litmus test, ministers. You're hearing more people talk more about you, your exploits, what you're doing, you're doing like these little infomercials. I gave this person a prophecy and this happened and they became a millionaire and, you know, you're doing all these other stuff and it's not directed to advancing the kingdom of God, not your kingdom, but the kingdom of God and you're doing your own will and not the will of the Lord and you're, you're hearing more people talk about more about you than the Lord, then that's the problem. You've elevated yourself to be like the most, like Satan, indirectly. You want to be like the most high. You want to take all the glory for yourself instead of all the honor and glory going to the Lord. It's going to yourself. So that is the spirit of Leviathan, and you have to begin be careful and be watchful when some of these ministers who who still operate in certain different gifts and all and have unrepented sin and refuse to repent and different things and prophesying for money and all, they begin to move in a demonic realm where... It's, again, mocking everything of the Holy Spirit, and it's not the Holy Spirit. 
the Kundalini spirit and all. Last thing about pride, spirit of Leviathan. Pride is an abomination to Yah, for Yahweh. We look at Proverbs chapter 6. I'm going to turn to that. Proverbs chapter 6. And I'm going to look at verses 16 and 17. Proverbs chapter 6. And I am there. It says, These six things doeth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are abomination unto him. A proud look, a lion tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. So a proud look is an abomination to the Lord. He looks at that. He frowns up on that. That's a great abomination. Pride also, too, brings shame. Look at Proverbs 11 and 2. And what ended up happening to Pharaoh again? Being under the influence, intoxicated with the spirit of Leviathan, and bringing his destruction and shame. Proverbs 11 and 2 says, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Now, again, how many ministers that we've seen, we've seen uh, some of these televangelists and all get lifted up in pride, then all of a sudden their sins are revealed, judgment comes, they're brought down to shame. you got to always keep in mind that you're a vessel that's being used by God. You try to be a vessel of honor. You try to maintain humility. You try to maintain your honor. Try to maintain the testimony that through the Holy Spirit, which delivered you from, from the grip of Satan and sin, it's only through the Holy Spirit that, that keeps us from falling, not our own strength, but you see people who get lifted up, ministers who get lifted up with themselves, get lifted up with their own materialism, their own press clippings, all the conferences and all that they're speaking at, and eventually they fall in diverse types of sins. Um, a lot of them are sexual in nature, and it's a great fall, and they're brought down to shame. Nowadays, they don't even like care if you, like, do something wrong, they still have you, and all, you know, um, it's almost like the mafia, again, that's something in itself. I'm going to look at Proverbs while we're there, Proverbs 16 and 18, and it says, pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. So pride brings the destruction upon an individual. And also, a haughty spirit brings a great fall. Again, you're haughty, then you are in line for a great fall. And one last example, let me use that. So, pride goes before destruction, and haughty spirit fall. I'm going to go over to Second Chronicles, chapter 26. 
going to look at verse 5 and verse 16. It's talking about King Uzziah. King Uzziah was one of the kings of Judah. Um, he was I, the prophet Isaiah's cousin. Um, you can see in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, it says that the year that King Uzziah died, also saw the Lord. He idolized, I guess, his cousin so much. He was a great king. He had like a long reign. I believe he reigned longer than any king there in Judah. Well, he's a great king. But let's look at some key examples of um, King Uzziah. Verse 5, it says, this is um, Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 5. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. So he sought God in the days of Zechariah. So he sought prophetic direction. Um, he understood who had, Zechariah had understanding uh, are in the visions of God. So again, um, he sought sound um, advice, prophetic direction. Um, um, I believe Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, um, "Without vision, the people perish." So he's doing good, and he was seeking the Lord, and God was making him to prosper. But then we see a change. We read on, and he has this great reign. Uzziah um, really has it going on. Then we can see how he gets gripped by the spirit of Leviathan. Pride comes in. It says, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. So pride cometh before destruction. So his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God, went up into the temple of the Lord to burn incense, up on the altar of incense. So um, Uzziah was called to be a king, not a priest. Try to go in and operate as a priest. Got lifted up um, in his own heart. Try to exalt himself, not knowing, even though he's king, he was not over the temple. He was not a priest. So he tried to be something that he wasn't. Got out of order. Disconnected from the will of God. His own pride brought his own destruction. Um, he ended up getting stricken with leprosy, and um, again, um, pride brings shame. He ended up going out in shame. He ended up dying a leper. He ended up dying in shame. He ended up um, living the rest of his life as a leper. And um, we see so many different examples of that happening. And again, 1 John 2 and 16 talks about the pride of life. We look at the pride of life. It's anything that leads to arrogance, self-pride, self-exaltation, and boasting is the pride of life. So we always talk about, ooh, the lust of the eye, ooh, the lust of the flesh, you know, fornication, pornography, all these different things. But pride, pride is a deadly thing. We, we expose the king and the ruler of the children of pride, all the children of pride, is Leviathan. Also, too, kind of look back, we see that Leviathan is a coiled spirit. 
Our coiled serpent, Kundalini spirit, is a fiery coiled serpent, and it operates a certain different ways and all. And pretty much, people, we have in these last days, we have to remain humble. We have to remain faithful to the Lord. We have to remain prayerful. We have to remain in our word and really maintain integrity um, in our actions. And even integrity when it comes to the word of God. Don't be going for every wind of doctrine, everything that kind of tickles the ear, everything that's going to magnify the flesh. Um, we have to mortify the deeds of the body. And we have to bring our flesh under subjection. And we have to really be spirit-led. So, hope you enjoy this broadcast. I'm Gerald Washington, the Shofar Sound. Um, again, I'm glad to be back doing programs and all. Just trying to further equip the saints of God in the Word, especially in these last and evil days. So much stuff that's out there. And also, just remain true to sound doctrine and Christ-centered things. And God bless all you listeners. And 